0: Welcome back to the Servants of Grace theology segment. On today's episode, one of our listeners writes in and they have a great question. And the question is this: How can we study to show ourselves approved? Well, 2 Timothy 2:15 says this: "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth." Let's talk first about the context of this passage. 2 Timothy opens with a statement of thanksgiving in 2 Timothy 1, 1-2. Paul encourages endurance in the gospel in 2 Timothy 1, 3-2, 13. And so his thanksgiving it leads to strong encouragement to Timothy with a paragraph that provides positive and even negative examples of his encouragement. And in fact, in light of Paul's imminent death, Paul urges Timothy to continue in faithfulness, for the sake of gospel, the gospel, despite hardship. Now, in 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 39, Paul helps Timothy deal with false teachers. And these verses divide into two sections. In 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 26, Paul introduces the false teaching. He explains how Timothy should respond to it and be different from false teachers. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9, he describes the false teachers more extensively. Now, having encouraged Timothy to faithful endurance, Paul now begins to address the problem of false teachers more directly. In Second Timothy two, twenty two through twenty six, Paul encourages Timothy not to be drawn into sinful desire and needless controversy and even counsels him how to deal with his opponents. Now Paul's aim in Second Timothy two fifteen is to help Timothy to be an approved workman, including the work of pastors and elders and every Christian. And as the portrait gets painted in Second Timothy 2, the chief ingredients of an improved workman are given. An improved workman conducts a ministry that reproduces itself, endures hardship for the sake of ministry, sticks to the word of truth, and avoids false teaching, and, and even pursues holiness while avoiding contentiousness. The command, do your best, it calls Timothy to put forth every effort in teaching the word rightly. Now workers can be approved or even evil. They can be rewarded or punished, but the harvest is plentiful, and so the Lord needs workers. Now teachers rightly handle the word of truth—that is, the gospel. This meaning of the word of truth is evident in Ephesians, where Paul tells us that believers have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in Ephesians one thirteen. Now rightly handling. Uh, translates ortheemo which means to cut straight or without deviation in paul's cult- culture workers cut straight cut stones straight cut roads straight through the countryside and cut fields straight with plows now in context the task is to handle the gospel faithfully teachers cut straight when they proclaim Jesus redemption and encourage all to repent and believe in him without changing the message to conform to the day's taste or Distastes, distastes. Now, Timothy represents all pastors when Paul commands him to present yourself to God as one approved in Second 2 Timothy 2.15. Approved translates dichomos, which means tested and found worthy. God endorses teachers who proclaim bedrock apostolic doctrine with conviction, whether the message is popular or not. We should watch ourselves for undue interest and popular approval. And when Paul urges Timothy and his successors to be approved workmen, he means teaching the word, it takes work. The blessed man meditates on God's instructions day and night, Psalm 1-2 says. He considers whether it requires him to do something, to see the world another way, to pursue fresh goals, all by the grace of God. In his second letter to Timothy, Paul is giving a call to endurance amid opposition and suffering for the sake of the gospel to Timothy. In fact, the theme of endurance is throughout 2 Timothy. Paul's encouragement to endure has shaped the very structure of 2 Timothy. After expressing his affectionate greetings to Timothy, his beloved child, and even recounting his fondness for uh, the embrace of the young man's spiritual well-being, now, now Paul issues an extended exhortation to endurance. And this endurance, it begins with a powerful call to gospel-centered endurance, followed by, you know, con- by contrasting real-life examples of two who failed to endure and one who did. And then he resumes his call to gospel endurance with directives, to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, to share in the suffering as a good soldier, to remember Jesus Christ as preached in Paul's gospel, and to endure through the work of Christ. And in the next section, Paul provides wisdom for the endurance of false, uh, for the wisdom for the endurance of false teachers. Now, Timothy is charged to rightly handle the word of God. To remain an honorable vessel, to be ready for every good work, to avoid um, ignorant controversies and correct opponents with gentleness. And as Paul moves, to the end of his letter, he issues a mounting and even an ascending call to enduring for the sake of the gospel. Paul encourages Timothy to follow his example of endurance, continuing in the God-breathed scriptures to make wise, uh, souls wise for salvation through faith in Christ and taking up the call to preach the word of God. Now, the apostle closes 2 Timothy with a moving example of enduring to the end in gospel ministry. 2 Timothy is Paul's last will and testament. As such, it bears power and soul-moving inspired words all rooted in the beauty of the gospel of the grace of God. Now, Jesus wants the people of God to know the will of God. And once Christians receive Christ by faith, they are made God's children. And he desires to lead people in the way in which they're to go in the word of God. Christians are taught to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Every Christian is to do good works. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, 1 Thessalonians four three, And Romans 12.2 gives the Christian... Uh, uh, important information about the will of God. Namely, they are to be renewed by the word of God through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And as our mind is renewed by scripture, then we can know the perfect will of God. The Lord desires the people of God to know him and to grow in the grace of God. And while Christians can be disciplined, he'll, he'll never disapprove of them in the sense that they're no longer his because they're united and held secure by him down to the nanosecond. And the better we get to know the Lord, the more the more that helps the people of God know the will of God. If we're walking closely with the Lord in his word, the Lord will place godly desires from the word in our hearts. In fact, the key to growing in grace through the word is desiring what God desires and following him in obedience. Martin Luther is identified as one who argued for individual Christians' rights to interpret the Bible for themselves, which is largely correct. Luther himself stood on justification by faith alone because he was convinced by Scripture the doctrine was true even when those around him disagreed with him. Luther translated the Bible into German so lay people could read it and even understand it themselves. And furthermore, the Reformers did not believe the Bible was a close book only to be read by the elites and the clergy, but by every Christian's possession. Now, the Reformers and even Martin Luther did not believe that the Christian has the right to misinterpret Scripture in their private interpretation. Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone, does not mean that Christians are to pay attention only to their understanding of the Bible or that we can make the word mean what we want it to mean. The meaning of Scripture can be known only through diligent and faithful study of it by every Christian. So scripture is the only without the possibility of error, infallibility, authority for the whole church, but it is still not the only authority. Church traditions such as councils, even individual theologians are lesser authorities that help the people of God understand the word of God. They help provide a measuring stick against which we can check our private interpretations Scripture. If we think we have to come up with something new, it's a good rule that that we likely have misread Scripture. And we also need to say that the the Reformers did not claim to teach any new doctrines. In fact, they regularly appealed to the church fathers in support of their teaching. With the right of private interpretation comes the obligation to interpret and uh, teach Scripture correctly. Every Christian must work. Diligently to rightly handle the word of truth. And so to grow in properly handling the word, every Christian must know the biblical context. And one of the most critical rules of biblical interpretation is the analogy of faith, which is the idea of letting scripture interpret scripture. Every biblical text is situated in a biblical context. So take time to define difficult words, locate the place it describes, summarize the biblical text's main point, then ask how the verse in in question contributes to the chapter's teaching and and even the biblical book's plotline. The next step is to check your theology. The Reformers emphasize the analogy of faith, which is the idea that no interpretation should contradict the teaching of Scripture. And although your analysis of Scripture may be correct, if your interpretation compromises on the truth of the Christian faith, you can be sure you have misinterpreted the text. A solid confession of faith and even a trustworthy systematic theology are invaluable resources for helping you understand the orthodox boundaries within the biblical exegesis combined within the text itself. And the third step is to listen and learn from the saints of old. While church history and even current biblical scholarship are, are not authoritative and even at times can reflect a minimal doctrinal consensus, biblical interpretation does not occur in, in a vacuum in the void of history. The best interpreters of scripture learn uh, learned from church history. In fact, the ascended Lord Jesus has given preachers and teachers of the word to help the people of God understand his word. Commentaries, study Bibles, sermons are our biblical interpreters' best friends. Check your interpretations of the biblical text against studying the very best biblical interpreters from the past and the present. Lastly, you need to understand the role of the Holy Spirit. Biblical interpretation is a spiritual exercise that requires uh, dependence on the Holy Spirit to avoid error and to interpret Scripture correctly. Now, godly men and women for millennia who are indwelt by the Spirit, have been reading and even interpreting the Word of God. Christians would be wise not to ignore their writings and teaching. It is good for the people of God to have access to the best interpreters through church history. Sure, they may have erred at times, just as we have, but they're a helpful guide uh, to help the people of God understand and even grow in rightly handling the Word of God. I want to thank you for listening or even watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology Segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe,